think most HSPs have had that experience of overcompensating to fit in, to denying our needs, to not even being in touch with ourselves. That's such a common thing. And I think a lot of it can have to do with, you know, inherently feeling different, knowing that we're feeling things more deeply than other people around us. Do you always think you might be different from everyone else? You didn't quite fit in. You could feel things much deeper than others, it seemed. And you could sense people's emotions and mental states just by being in the room. And sometimes you would find yourself overwhelmed when there was so much stimulus around where everyone else seemed to handle it just fine, almost like they were oblivious. But not you. You're really aware. You feel things deeply. And what you might be is a highly sensitive person, also known as HSP. Different from an introvert or an extrovert. And it turns out 15 to 20% of the population are highly sensitive people. And apparently it's an actual trait. And I've discovered through learning that my son actually has this trait and that he might come by it honestly, because I suspect I might be one too. And if you listen to any of the past five episodes, you'll figure that out real fast as I've been really open about my journey, trying to come to grips with these big feelings I've tried to hide for as long as I can remember, but I can't run from it anymore. And if you want to know more about my personal journey, I highly suggest you get my short but insightful emails. You can sign up at allisonhair.com and stay connected. So I got HSP, Highly Sensitive Person Mentor, Alyssa Boyer, to close out the mini-series on belonging. She's a writer, a community builder, a mentor, a podcaster, and is prolific in supporting HSPs to really thrive in the world. We talk about why so few people know about this. We talk about people pleasing and how important it is to set proper boundaries. And then the difference between highly sensitive people and hypersensitive people. Energy leaks, dealing with narcissists, and the true superpowers that come with being highly sensitive. I mean, if you couldn't tell already, this episode is jam-packed. Here is my chat with Alyssa Boyer. You are like the poster child of highly sensitive people, HSPs. And right out of the gate, I have to ask you, how many people do you think are HSPs, highly sensitive people, but have no idea that it even exists? Ooh, because I was going to say 15 to 20% of the population is highly sensitive, but the amount of those people that don't know about it Honestly, I would guess, this is a full-on guess, probably 70% of people don't know. I think it's wildly, like, undiscovered by a lot of people. Most of the research came out in the early 1990s, so it's, like, fairly newer. So, yeah, it's, it's very new to so many people out there. So how would you define... First of all, I want to say that HSP is not... Uh, a, a disability. It's not like ADHD. It is a trait. So can you explain what an HSP is? Yeah. So an HSP is a person who has 
a trait um, called sensory processing sensitivity. So that means we're going to be more impacted by things happening in our environments. Um, We're going to typically be more impacted by things like bright lights, smells in the room. We're going to notice subtleties that other people might not notice. So we tend to be very emotionally intelligent and have the ability to kind of like sense shifts in somebody's emotional, you know, their behavior, maybe empathy, empathetic. Yeah, yes, exactly. And that's one thing highly sensitive people are highly empathetic. When they've actually done scans on brains of HSPs, they've found that there's more active mirror neurons in the brain, which are responsible for empathy. So we're really good at being Mm. able to just understand people's experience. And HSPs tend to be more emotional. So yes, they might cry more, but it's this trait is so much more than just being someone who cries all the time. Like, it, that's a very common misconception. It's really the whole shebang. You're going to be more sensitive to most everything. Um, another one that's, like, kind of unique, like, we might be more bothered by it, by our clothing. I used to be very mm. particular as a kid about my clothes. I would change, like, 20 times a day. I still do that sometimes if it's not fitting with how I want to feel. So... Yeah, there's lots a lot to the trait. It's so interesting because I my my son, I have a son who is 8 and my son would come home and he would depending on if he was kind of included or not um would come home and just be completely deflated. And we saw he was so emotional. And I called a friend of mine and uh I was like, you know, should I take him somewhere? I don't, you know, I don't understand what you know, like he's so bothered. Is he depressed? Is he anxious? Is he, you know, um, what is it? And she said, you know, I think you've got a highly sensitive person. And by the way, that's the thing. And I was like, what? So I brought him to a play therapist and turns out he really, he is, you know, like he's really sensitive to touch, to taste, to, you know, loud sounds that, you you know, when he's in big crowds, it's, it's very like, it's, it's almost like overstimulating for him. But I started to realize his friendships and the way that he would um, uh, respond to being included or not, or feeling like the belonging, this is the belonging series. I would, I started to notice where I'm like, oh, wait, that's how I am. I've just completely overcorrected it my entire life to fit in. And the reason why I say that is because what I've learned from your podcast is how often HSPs try and overcompensate to try and fit in because they think something is wrong with them. I want to understand your perspective on that. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I'm so glad you brought that up because that's such a huge thing. And like I had that experience. I think most HSPs have had that experience of overcompensating to fit in, to denying our needs, to not even being in touch with ourselves. That's such a common thing. And I think a lot of it can have to do with, you know, inherently feeling different, knowing that we're feeling things more deeply than other people mm-hmm. around us. Maybe, you know, our parents told us, like, why why does that bother you so much? It's not a big deal. Or, like, you know, don't be so, dram- so dramatic about it. Like, I heard that sometimes, and I have amazing parents, but they just didn't know. Yes. And so you start to kind of internalize these things and feel like you're different. And, of course, we don't want to feel 
like we don't fit in. Othered, right. Yeah, exactly. And so we do these things to like morph and adapt. And, you know, to an extent, it's important to be able to feel like you can be part of the group and things like that. But a lot of HSPs will abandon themselves. And for me, like this showed up a lot with like overachieving, especially as in my early 20s. I, I've always been a very driven person. I have always been very passionate and wanted to do a lot of things, which is great. And I would see these people around me, like in my first corporate job, for instance, see these people around me that could just like work these long, crazy hours and like they were completely fine. And I would try to push myself to that same level, trying to like fit in and like do what, do what I needed to do to like climb the corporate ladder. But I ended up burning out because I am so sensitive. My nervous system cannot handle being on going 100% like all the time. So it can show up in so many different ways. But I actually find a lot of HSPs too will like burn themselves out trying to be like the the non HSPs around them. What was it like when you discovered that you had this trait? Oh my gosh. I mean, it was like, I felt so understood for the first time in my life. Like, it was the first time happen. How did you? Yeah, it So my mom actually found the book, The Highly Sensitive Person. Mm. I don't remember how she found it, but I think I was probably like 22 or 23 years old. And she she told me about this book. She's like, I think this describes you. And at that time, I was just getting into like self-help and personal development. So I was like, wow, this is cool. So I read the book like in a few days and I, I just felt understood because I had always had that inherent feeling of like something's wrong with me like I just feel so different and so the book like described me to a T and I don't know if you've taken the test but uh, there's actually a self-test you can take online hsperson.com where you can find out your score and like see if you're Mm. really like quote unquote you know qualify as a highly sensitive person and so I did that quiz she also has it in the book and yeah, I just felt so seen. I felt like, wow, I'm, I'm not alone, which was amazing. So what did you do with that? Because now you have this whole community, you have a podcast, you've got a, um, a group that people can join. What have you, you must have been able to connect with other people because it's like a whole ecosystem. Yeah, yeah, it, it really happened organically. So so yeah, I was like, yeah, 23, whatever. And I, I started being interested in learning more about the trait and like wanting to connect with other people who are highly sensitive. Um, and I tend to be a, a pretty much an optimistic person, like I like to see the best in things. So there were some groups on Facebook that I found that were for, for highly sensitive people. I was like, awesome, like, here's some groups. But what I found in a lot of these groups was that there was a lot of heaviness, there was a lot of complaining like, oh, it's so hard to be highly sensitive. Oh, I hate this. All of these things. And that was not resonating with me. And I found myself leaving these groups feeling kind of depleted. Because my experience was that learning about this trait was really opening my eyes and making Mm. me feel so much more in touch with myself. So I started blogging and I didn't start blogging about being a highly sensitive person. I just started blogging about like inspiration and things that were I was learning from my self-help books. Occasionally I would write about being sensitive and what I started to find was that 
when I talked about being sensitive, people really liked those posts. They really resonated with them. And I was like, I started to like organically build my community that way. And then it was last summer or summer of 2020 that I started exclusively talking about being highly sensitive. And from there, it it blossomed in, blossomed into the membership community, writing articles for highly sensitive refuge, like, and I found my people because I because I get to you know create this community. I got to create it with that more optimistic lens, where it's like, no, it's cool to be highly sensitive, and here is what I've learned that helps you thrive as an HSP. So it seems like there's there are boundaries that are really really important to set as a person that is highly sensitive. And when I think about boundaries, it's almost like a retraining, not only of yourself and a letting go of maybe some of the social norms and the social expectations to kind of recreate or create a a whole new world. How do people get started on, okay, yeah, I they might be listening. You might be listening and thinking, oh my God, that's me. You know, I've always felt different or some, you know, I get really emotional for, you know, at, at certain things. And I always felt different. What do you do from that? Where do you go from there? How do you start? Um, how do you start kind of adapting your lifestyle? Mm, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy you mentioned boundaries because that's a huge one. And I always tell people baby steps because especially if you're highly sensitive, you're going to be get overwhelmed easily. It's one of the one of the parts of the trait that is challenging. Like I always say, like, it's okay, that part is kind of hard. So I never would tell anyone like, okay, just go revamp your life now. Like, just do everything different. So baby steps. So when it comes to setting boundaries, I always tell HSPs to start really, really small, because that's one of the things HSPs tend to struggle with the most I've found is people pleasing and having a complete lack of boundaries. So Some examples that I like to tell people that that I did in my own life were, if you're that person, you always respond to your friends' texts immediately. Anytime they have an issue, you drop everything you're doing and you respond. Like, start making it a practice to not pick up your phone right away or have a time frame within, like, where you will pick up your phone during, you know, 12 and 1, but other than that, you're going to be working and, like, start communicating these things, like hey, I'm not able to talk right now, but I can call you in two hours. Things like that where it's like small, it's not like a huge scary thing, but you start getting into the energy of what it's like to advocate for yourself and and be okay with communicating that. Um, I also tell HSPs that it's going to be uncomfortable. Like I think a lot of times we don't set boundaries because we're scared someone's going to get mad at us. Mm. We don't like how it makes us feel. We're like, oh my gosh, I'm a bad person. And I tell people like it's new. So yes, it's going to be uncomfortable. You might be like, I'm doing something wrong, but we can survive that discomfort. I tell people, you know, you sit with it. You you journal about it. You journal about what's coming up. You're, if you're in community with other HSPs, it helps to talk about what's coming up. But I think that's important to note, too, because, yeah, it's a new thing. And it's it's going to take time to and practice to really get used to it. What feels really good? Ooh, as an HSP, I mean, yeah. for me, it's creating. Like, I love creating. That was where I just could lose myself. 
And for highly sensitive people, a lot of HSPs tend to be creative. I, I don't think it's like a rule, but I, I think a lot of them do. And we really have this ability to process deeply and to see patterns that other people don't see. We tend to be intuitive. And so I think when we have opportunities to kind of just like be in the flow and like get, you know, get inspired and create something, whatever that looks like for you, whether it's drawing or writing or maybe gardening or interior design, like whatever, I I think that feels really good. I love that. Does it? So I'm trying to think. There are a lot of things that are overlapping for me. So if I think about HSP, I think about the way you describe it. I think about introversion versus extroversion. If there if there is overlap, and also like even on the opposite end of the spectrum of, you know, are a lot of HSPs people that are into more metaphysical things or, you know, have psychic abilities of some sort? I, I'd be curious to get your thoughts on that or your experience on it. Yeah, yeah. So there's definitely um, overlap. So on the introvert extrovert piece, most HSPs, I believe the number is like 80%. Don't quote me, but it's it's online. I want to say 80% are introverts, 20% are extroverts. Mm. I've heard from many extroverted HSPs that it can be a challenge sometimes because you like, even though you're an extrovert, you still have that need for time alone and time to recharge as an HSP because you're an ambivert, right? Totally. It's totally that. And a lot of uh, extroverted HSPs will totally resonate with like being an ambivert. And then they learn about this. They're like, oh, that's even more, more me. So yeah, so that's an interesting balance. Um, And then on the metaphysical piece and like the, the psychic ability, yes, definitely see a correlation there. I think Dr. Elaine Aaron talks about this in her book, but it's really about how many HSPs tend to be very spiritual people. We might not like start out that way, but we might have difficult, you know, experiences in our life that lead us to spirituality. That was definitely the case for me. Like I grew up in the Midwest, like very normal, like, you know, standard upbringing. We weren't meditating. We weren't like there wasn't energy healing, nothing like that, but right now you're in <laughs> like, California, right? Right, I'm in California, <laughs> so I was like totally different. And I went through, you know, challenging digestive issues that really rocked my world. And I ended up getting into spirituality, and it's like it changed my life. And so I just find so many other HSPs tend to get to that place, and I think. There's, you know, there's several things to it. We tend to be deep thinkers. We tend to be introspective. And if you're that type of person, you're probably going to be interested in life's bigger questions and, you know, what's the meaning. Um, And yeah, we just tend to notice a lot. So we will be more intuitive. A lot of times HSPs don't know how to tap into their intuition at the beginning because there's usually like a lack of self-trust just because kind of what we were speaking about in the beginning where people will change to fit in. A lot of times we kind of numb out and don't know how to tap in. So I think it requires a lot of like reconnecting to ourselves in order to tap Mm -hmm. into that because I do believe we have that ability that's really inherent within us, but we kind of have to like uncover to get to it. Yeah. So I'm thinking about, I I want you to help me on something. You know, you had talked about some there's a common misconception that HSPs cry all the time. And there are some people that I know that cry 
all the time. And it is like, you know, like my eyes will roll back in its head. I would love to have a little more empathy for this. You know, like, how do you respond? And, you know, are they highly sensitive? Like, where's the line between a highly sensitive and drama? And Mm -hmm. is there overlap? And maybe they're crying out because they need to be heard. They need to be understood. They need to, you know, like they feel big. So I'd love... I'd love some coaching for myself personally. <laughs> I, I That's so funny because I can relate. And sometimes I feel guilty where I'm like, I'm, I'm right. supposed to be this empathetic person. Why why can I not like feel that much why empathy right now? Right. Yeah. Why am I judging? So totally get that. And I actually wrote an article about this for Highly Sensitive Refuge, I don't know, a while back. And it was the, it was called The Difference Between hypersensitivity and high sensitivity. Mm. So what you're describing to me is kind of reminding me of the hypersensitive person versus highly sensitive. So somebody who's hypersensitive, it's more about not being able to manage your emotions at all in a healthy way and really letting them, you're just exploding, whether it's anger, sadness, whatever, it's letting those emotions completely overcome you. And sometimes it can be about reaching out for it crying out for attention or, yeah, just really having kind of like, I don't know, an immature way of handling things. And it it might be due to traumatic life experiences or yeah. things like that. Like most often it's going to have some sort of correlation there, something deeper versus a highly sensitive person may feel deeply, may struggle to manage their emotions at times. Like we all have those moments, but it's not going to be the same where it's like crying every day, like always unloading their problems on you like that's not going to be the case um so yeah there is definitely a difference that's something I kind of want to share about more because I think they they often get misconstrued and it's like not the same thing I think that's important too because we all know those people in our lives too you Mm -hmm. know people Mm -hmm. that you're like running the opposite direction because you just you just don't have the energy you know yeah and it's important for oh sorry go ahead yeah No, please. I was just going to say, and it's important for highly sensitive people to be aware of the people out there like that because because HSPs are empathetic. I mean, you know, sometimes we're going to have an adverse reaction and be like, oh my gosh, I can't handle that. But a lot of HSPs Mm. will get stuck and like really looped in with always helping people to the point where they're just like totally depleted because they're like, oh, this person really needs me. They don't have any other friends. So I just wanted to point that out because that's a common thing I see, which then goes back to the boundaries piece. It's like, we have to have those boundaries. I think there's so many distinctions to make, you know, whether it is boundaries, where you fall, you know, like if I'm an HSP and I don't know, I'll take that test. What is hsperson.com? I'm yeah. totally going to take it. You know, like I'm not really a crier, you know, but I do feel things really deeply. And I think from, I would love to know if HSP is a superpower, what can you do as a superpower? Yeah, I definitely think it's a superpower. I think one of the things I love about being highly sensitive is our ability to connect really deeply with other people. Like we just have that innate ability to just get people. We can pick up on their vibes. We can kind of know the things that they might need, you know, unconsciously. A lot of times you can just like sense if something is off for somebody and what kind of, you know, what they might need to hear. And not, I don't say that in like a people pleaser way, but more just like a genuine, like, 
we just know how to connect. And I think as a result of that, like something I've experienced is like, I have a lot of really deep, meaningful friendships in my life. And I'm often the person that people will trust to tell things to. And to me, that's a superpower because it really fills me up to be like trusted in that way and have those connections that are really meaningful. And the other thing I really love about it is the intuitive piece, like we were talking about, Mm -hmm. just, I think that ability to tap in deeply to ourselves and to the world around us is really cool because it gives us a more rich experience of life. Like if you're highly sensitive, you can't ignore how you're feeling. You can't just like be, you can try to numb out, but it's not going to work for long because our bodies are sensitive. Your body's going to let you know, like, hey, I need you to pay attention to me. And so we tend to need to take better care of ourselves. And I think that's actually great because we get to know ourselves really well and have this deep sense of self-awareness, which, you know, allows us to just have that more, that deeper connection with ourselves. Um, and the last thing I would say is the empathy piece. I think empathy is something that's ne- we need more of in the world. I think there is not enough of it. And that's one reason I really really try to empower highly sensitive people because I want to see more people with big hearts that are empathetic, feeling like confident so they can go be leaders in the world. And we have more of those soft hearted people, you know, in a leadership role that because that makes a positive impact on the world, Mm. I think. I love that. It, and I think you can also feel things before other people can. You can sense things. But I wanted to pause for a second on the intuition side of things. So, you know, we hear a lot about intuition now. And I, I wonder how you guide people how to begin tapping into their intuition as they discover these things about themselves. What have you found works for you? Yeah, I... So I like to tell people to have fun with it. And one of my favorite practices for doing this is to start make like start a notebook, whether it's in your phone or like a physical notebook, and start writing writing down all of the little synchronistic moments that happen to you. So say you're thinking of your friend and then she calls you. Say you keep looking at the clock and it always is two two two. Um, you know, things like that where it's like, oh my gosh, that's kind of cool. So start writing all of those down. Don't ignore them. Don't write it off as a coincidence, but be like, Mm. oh, that's pretty awesome. And like I was just talking to one of the people in my membership and he started doing that. And he was telling me, he's like, this is so cool. Like I'm having so much fun. It's kind of like a game. And he's finding that it's helping him to trust these little intuitive ideas that he has more because you start to, you know, build the habit. There's this quote, it's like, energy flows where attention goes. So Mm -hmm. I think when you have the intention to kind of notice more miracles and cool moments, you're going to find more of them. And then the other piece is the self-trust piece. I think that in order for us to be able to tap into our intuition, we have to be able to trust ourselves because otherwise it's very easy to write it off as like, oh, whatever, like, you know, I don't, that's not real. And so I think doing work around that is important. Um, And in order for people to kind of build their self-trust, again, I go back to like small habits. So it's just like keeping your word to yourself, making your bed every day if you say you're going to do it, like drinking, if you say you're going to drink two bottles of water a day, actually do it. And that might sound silly, but it's really reinforcing that you can trust yourself and you have your own back. And so I think it kind of goes hand Mm. in hand in a funny way. So. 
Those are my so tips. So one thing, I, I love that. I think they're, e- easy, uh, they're practical advice that you can easily implement. And one thing, I was listening to your podcast about energy leaks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the advice was to clean up like your desk. So I've got this pile stuff (laughs) that I've committed to cleaning up today. But can you give us a sense of energy leaks and ways to kind of help help clear the palate so that you can access your intuition and feel more confident to be able to accomplish these things? Yeah, that's such an important one. Yeah. So to me, energy leaks are just things that leak out your energy that a lot of times we don't even realize are taking up space. So like you said, the, the clutter on the desk, like I'm looking at mine and it's the same way, or (laughs) it's the dishes that are in the sink for a little bit too long, or it's that package you need to mail that you keep putting off. Like these are things that we might think are small and it's like, whatever, it's not that big of a deal, but it's kind of like, it's just an something that's kind of hanging over you all of the time that can really be taking energy away from you and you don't even realize it. So yeah, as you can tell, I'm big on the practical tips because I have found for myself as an HSP that just those simple shifts really kind of close the gap for me and help me feel just more clear and more simple and grounded. I think those are the main feelings that I try to achieve. I think a lot of times HSPs, we can kind of be stuck in our heads a lot. We can kind of be very feeling very frazzled and flustered more easily. So I think mm-hmm. the goal is often to get us back more to the ground, to feel more rooted and calm. And so just clearing off those little things on your list that might not seem like a big deal, like I would encourage your listeners, like if there's, you know, those things, like do those things and just see the shift you start to feel. And, you know, I think we just make a big deal out of things like, oh, I don't want to do this. Just do the dang thing. <laughs> like you're going to feel better. So that that helps a lot. I'm looking off to the side to a giant pile of laundry that's been there all week long. It just doesn't go away. I hear <laughs> that. I hear that. So what do you know that you wish other people could know? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, something I've learned is that, and this is related to all of this, is the things that are like super hard that happen to you that just seem like they're the worst ever. Like there's literally always a nugget in it. And the things that are annoying to you, like there's always an opportunity for growth in every single thing. And once I learned that, it was a total game changer for me and how I, I viewed my life because there's just there's so many opportunities there's so many things that can be triggering or frustrating and i think when we kind of see that as like something that's like it's out to get us like ugh the world is so hard people just don't get me when we can instead see those as opportunities for growth and to kind of shine the light back to us and see how we can do our part and you know do what we can to make ourselves feel better in the moment like there's just so much growth available so that's been mm. like a life hack for me. I love that. Well, how can people learn more about you or get to work with you? Yeah, I would say the main way where I'm most active is Instagram, which is at life by Alyssa. And there you'll find all the links to work together. My main way to work with me is through my membership community for HSPs. 
And that's a great place where you can learn every single month different tools and tips to thrive as a highly sensitive person. And then we also meet up on Zoom every single month. So that's like a beautiful community. It's currently closed for enrollment, but there is a wait list. So you could get on the wait list and know when it reopens. Um, and then, yeah, I write lots of, lots of articles for Highly Sensitive Refuge, which that website in general is an amazing resource for HSPs. So that is what I would recommend. Yeah, I was learning about uh, narcissists and HSPs this morning. Mm, oh, <laughs> yeah. Sensitive Refuge, so interesting. Yep. yep. It really is fascinating. Um, it, it's like a whole world. Well, thank you so much, Alyssa. I love what you're up to. And I'm so grateful that you were able to share some of your experience with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was so super fun. It was so important to me to include the topic of highly sensitive people to this belonging mini series as we close this series out. I mean, I was roughly today years old when I realized it was an actual thing. And that there were ways not to always feel so raw and exposed and susceptible to being hurt and almost like an outcast. I was excited to hear that you could harness those big feelings and really make a huge impact in the world. I suspect there are many of you that always felt this way, but never had a language to know that it's not something wrong with you, but a superpower that can do so much good in the world. I also want to remind you that I am sharing my deeply personal journey on my weekly emails and my blog. So I hope you'll connect with me there by dropping me your email at allisonhair.com. I'm going to take the week off to celebrate Thanksgiving, but we'll be back with a new mini series. Thanks for listening. Happy Thanksgiving, and I'll see you next time.